You are listening to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. In today's podcast, we're talking about the four prayer watches of the night. Watchman, what of the night? For more information about our ministries, go to our website, revivaltalk.org. If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to Isaiah chapter 21, verse 11. It'll be on the screen. And then we're going to read Isaiah 62, verse 6. I want to talk to you about a message I've titled, Watchman, What of the Night? Watchman, What of the Night? Isaiah chapter 21, verse 11. The burden against Duma. He calls me out of Seir. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? Verse 12. The watchman said, The morning comes and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire, return, come back. Isaiah 62, verse 6. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You make mention of the Lord. Do not keep silent. Several weeks ago, I was actually driving over here on a Tuesday morning to the office. And I was just worshiping and meditating on the Lord. And I had the thought, I thought, we need to have another all-night prayer session like we had some time back. And the thought came to me, it's like the Lord spoke to me, and he said, son, not an all-night prayer meeting, but study the prayer watches. So I began to restudy and go back and look at the prayer watches. And I want to talk to you about the four watches of the night for a few minutes this morning. I looked up the word watch and the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says this. says, it is a division of the night. The night was originally divided into three watches in Judges chapter 7 verse 19. But later into four as we find in the New Testament in Mark chapter 14 verse 25, and then Mark chapter 6, verse 48. Matthew 24, verse 42 says this, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. To watch means to be spiritually alert. The word watch in Matthew chapter 24 verse 42 is translated from a Greek word, Gregorio, which is a present imperative indicating a constant vigil at the present time. It is a posture of prayer. We must watch and pray. Throughout the scriptures, we're encouraged to watch and pray. Let me give you a few scriptures. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Luke 21, 36. Watch therefore, pray always, that you may be counted Worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6-9. through 9, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. 
For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6 says we're to be watch and be sober. To be alert and awake. We're called to take our place as watchmen on the walls. Dr. Chuck Pierce gives the following definition of what it means to watch. To watch means to look out, to peer into the distance, to investigate or get a new scope on something, to see an approaching danger and warn those endangered. To watch means to review, to evaluate your household or to see so you can guard your future. The word watch in the scripture has the following definitions. Number one is to protect, Nehemiah 4.9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. Because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. To lean forward, to peer into the distance, to keep watch, to guard. Number four, to watch for restraint. Psalms 141 verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. To keep awake, to take heed. Unless through neglect, passivity, and indolence, one be led to forsake Christ. Mark 14, 38, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Number six, to be sober. To abstain from wine, 1 Timothy 4, verse 5. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. We're called to be watchmen on the walls. In Isaiah 21, verse 5 and 6, prepare the table. Set a watchman in the tower. Eat and drink. Arise, you princes. Anoint the shield. For thus has the Lord said to me, Go set a watchman and let him declare what he sees. Go set a watchman. Let him declare what he sees. Dr. Dick Eastman writes, he said, When Isaiah said of the watchman, let him declare what he sees. He was talking about what might be described as the prophetic dimension of a watchman. A watchman in ancient times was to be constantly alert to any impending attack of the enemy and to give warning to leaders of the city if he saw something of concern. In our day, this suggests that watchmen stay alert to what the Holy Spirit is saying during their watch and make what they see and hear in the spiritual realm a primary focus of their intercession. The watchman had a specific duty. In Ezekiel 3.17, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. I like what the Spirit-Filled Life Bible study note says. It says, In ancient Israel, watchmen were stationed on the walls to warn people of danger and the approach of messengers. They were usually stationed in towers along the walls. They were to identify anyone who approached the city and then communicate with the gatekeeper. The watchman would identify those that came up to the city gates and he would communicate to the gatekeeper to either open or to close the gate. So we're called to be watchmen on the walls to watch for our city, 
to watch for our church, to watch for our family, and to watch for our nation. The watchmen would oftentimes be stationed in a tower and would take one of the four watches of the night and remember that God always starts a new day at night. Have you noticed how the kingdom of God is usually opposite than the world? The kingdom says, give, and it shall be given unto you. The world says, keep it for yourselves. Come on, somebody. Put it in a can and sit on the can. <laughs> and don't let nobody near the can. <laughs> the way up is down in the kingdom. You die to yourself. You surrender yourself. The world tells us to promote ourselves, to love ourselves, and to do for self, to make ourselves happy. But Jesus said, if you're going to be his disciples, you have to take up his cross and follow him. God starts a new day at night. Look at Genesis 1-5. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. That's why when you get a prophetic promise from God, you get a tremendous blessing from the Lord. Many times, oftentimes, the very opposite of that happens in the very beginning. What is that? The evening and the morning were the first day. In the Western world, our day begins when we get up. But in God's timing, he begins the new day at sunset. The night in the Old Testament had three divisions, while the night in the New Testament had four divisions called watches. The change of night to day begins before sunrise and continues after sunrise. The watch extended from 6 p.m., to 6 a.m. according to Matthew chapter 14 verse 25 and then again in Mark 13 35. Acts chapter 12 verse 4 speaks of four parties of four Roman soldiers each of whom had to guard keep guard during one watch of the night. So they would have Roman soldiers for each watch that would be posted for that watch. So let's look at these four watches. The first watch is the evening watch. It's from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. During the evening watch, we regroup. This is a time when we need to steal ourselves from the world and the events of the day. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is a time for us as believers to quiet our heart. Dr. Pierce writes, he said, The evening watch is time for meditation. Try to find at least 30 minutes that you can meditate before going to bed. Then out of your meditation, find 30 minutes of prayer time to release your anxieties to the Lord. In Genesis 24, verse 63, it said, Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. What happened when Isaac was meditating? He saw his future. Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, was bringing back Rebekah to be his bride. As he was meditating in the evening watch, he saw the future. This was an extension of the promise that God had made, the covenant God had made with Abraham in the earth. Look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And you observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Prayer is not always just down on our knees crying out to God. That's a big part of prayer. 
But some prayer is meditating, it's listening, it's being quiet, it's being still in his presence. Stilling ourselves, allowing the anxieties and the frustrations of our day to fade away. And as we meditate on the Lord and we meditate in prayer, God may very well show us our future. We get focused on his covenant plan for our lives. It was during the first watch of the evening that Jesus spent time in prayer with the Father. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 15 through 23, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we only have five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. And listen to this. They all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side and he sent the multitudes away and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up on the mountain by himself to pray and when evening came he was alone there. What's Jesus doing? He's observing the evening watch. He's spending time with the Father alone. He sent the disciples ahead. He dismissed the multitudes. He found a place of solitude and he prayed. If Jesus, the Son of God, the sinless, perfect Son of God, who went to the cross and died for us and is now seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, if he needed to go and get alone and pray and spend time with the Father, how much more do you and I need to go get alone and spend time with the Father and observe this evening watch? We may very well see our future as we meditate on the Lord. Look at Psalms chapter 1 verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. Psalm 63 verse 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Remember the evening and the morning were the first day. So it's not the end of the day, but it's the beginning of the new day. We're letting go of the cares of today so we can embrace the hope of tomorrow. When we meditate... We are allowing God to reorder our new day. Psalms 119, 148. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. So the first watch is the evening watch, but let's look at the second watch. The second watch is from 9 p.m. to midnight. It's known as the midnight watch. Psalms 119, verse 62 says at midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. This is a time for thanksgiving. This is also a time of visitation. This is a time when the Lord begins to prepare you to embrace change in the earth. The midnight watch begins at 9 p.m. and goes to the middle of the night, specifically 12 o'clock. The word midnight is often used symbolically of a period of intense darkness or extended gloom. It was at midnight. Paul and Silas shut up in a prison, sang and gave praise to God in the prison. Some time ago, I preached a message entitled Midnight Praise. There's something special about prayer and worship at midnight. Matter of fact, a partner in ministry, Dr. Pauline Hughes, that I partner with in ministry, I actually do her radio broadcasts every month. 
She does midnight prayer pretty often. She has a group of intercessors and she gets them together and they do midnight prayer. There's something about praying at midnight that touches the heart of God. You say, well, pastor, by midnight I'm asleep. Anybody in here, any of us that are awake at midnight? I stay up late. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a morning person. Midnight praise is breakthrough praise. Acts 16, 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. You want to suddenly in your life start praying at midnight. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Worship will open prison doors. Worship will position you for breakthrough. Psalms 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalms 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. It's during this watch that God deals with our enemies that are trying to keep us from entering his perfect plan in our lives. It was at midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Exodus eleven four, and Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. So the midnight watch prepares me for the next watch. The next watch begins at midnight and it goes to 3 a.m., It's a time of heightened spiritual activity. They say that more activity is going on in the spirit realm in this time than any other time. Dr. Chuck Pierce writes in his book, Reordering Your Day, he said the third watch is linked with the concept of Peter's denial. Instead of watching, Peter hid in fear. The Lord warned that he would deny him three times before the cock crowed. If we will watch prior to the crowing of the cock, our faith will be made strong. It was during this watch that Peter denied the Lord three times. The third watch is during a time of spiritual warfare. This is when warfare goes on. And it's a time where God will visit us in dreams. Over the years I've taught about dreams and I've taught you about the language of dreams. And different ones of you have come to me with dreams. What does this dream mean? What is God saying? God often speaks in dreams because that's the time when you're the quietest. And sometimes that's the only time that we may very well be in a place where he can speak to us. Because during the day we've been so busy with life that we really weren't listening to hear his voice. So this is a time that God will visit us in our dreams. It's a heightened demonic activity. So the focus in this third watch should be an increase in the communications from the Lord into our dream life there are times when i go to sleep and i'll say lord i want you to give me a dream tonight show me something and he'll do it now there are other times when i go to sleep and i have dreams and it's because i ate pizza too late at night it's during this watch that we have to be careful to hear god's voice and gain a different perspective on our circumstances have you ever woke up during this time in the night and felt you needed to pray have you ever woke up the lord has 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 just awakened me at times that at five in the morning to speak to me. We were in the middle of an extended revival some years ago. Joel Talley, Joel's been here many times. Joel was the evangelist. We were going a month, and I mean the services were just tremendous. People were just getting blessed, and, and we just thought this thing will just go on for more weeks to come. And it had gone for at least a month, maybe five, six weeks, and we, we saw, I saw no end in sight. And every night we'd have service, and we'd be there till midnight, and It'd be 1 o'clock in the morning or so before we'd get home and get into bed. 
And the Lord wakes me up at 5 in the morning. I thought, you can't let me sleep one more hour. And he said, son, this week's the last week of the revival. I want you to close it. I don't know why he did that. But he woke me up during this watch to tell me that. The Lord may wake you up. If you find yourself awake, ask the Lord. Is there something you want to say to me? Is there somebody I need to pray for? You may just feel impressed to pray for someone. It might be a missionary. It might be somebody on the other side of the world. And God may have you to pray for them. That brings us to the fourth watch. And this is from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. It's called the morning watch. It's a new day that's dawning. The morning watch begins at 3 a.m., ends at 6 a.m., and it's linked with the approaching morning light and the breaking of the day. When daylight comes, your position is exposed to the eyes of the enemy. We observe this watch. We're asking God to cover us with his glory. Keep me hidden from the enemy. When the children of Israel were at the Red Sea in the wilderness and being pursued by Pharaoh, God protected them by covering them with the cloud of his glory. When they were at the Red Sea and about to cross over, the Lord sent the cloud between the Israelites and the Egyptians. Let's look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 24 and 25. Now it came to pass in the morning watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. I want you to think about this for a moment. We enter the new day in faith covered with the glory of God. When we take our place as watchmen on the wall, we will experience the presence of God in a new way in our lives. As we watch with the Lord, we will begin to see how to build for our future. We will see how to connect with the next generation. Our alignments and assignments will become very clear. We will begin to receive the right counsel we need for our future. Most importantly, we will develop his mind for increase and multiplication. We must reestablish the watch of prayer. As we watch with the Lord, we'll begin to see how to build, how to move forward. This is the Hebrew month of Tamaz. It begins the three summer months, the hard months that are on the Jewish calendar. Tamaz, Av, and Elul. Those are the three. This is the months we have to thread the eye of the needle. This month is the month when the children of Israel were in the, in the wilderness. This is a month to see the door for your future forming in the wilderness. So I don't know about you, but I want to see the door that God has for me in my future. And I want to see it begin to form in the wilderness. Why does God do it in the wilderness? He puts us in the wilderness seasons. Notice I said God puts us in the wilderness seasons. So wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought the devil put us into the wilderness. No, God allows us to walk through the wilderness. Because he strips all of our dependence upon the world away from us. He told Moses, he said, take off your sandals. Put off your shoes. What was he saying? Don't depend on anything in this world. I want your total, complete surrender and I want you to depend totally on me. That's what happens to us when we walk through the wilderness.
It's hard. It's difficult. We have to find our path. We have to find our way out. We need Jesus to do that. And if we're going to find our way in this season, and some of us are saying, Lord, what do you have for me? I know there's more. You feel that unsettled feeling in your spirit. You know there's a new assignment. You know there's something that God has for you on the horizon, but you can't put your finger on it. You don't know how to enter into it. This is the season for you and I to find the door that's forming in the wilderness so we can move through that door out of the wilderness into the place that God has for us in this season where we can have effectiveness and we can exercise our ministry and do what he's called us to do in this last day can somebody say amen Amen. prayer power has never been tried to its full capacity if we want to see mighty wonders of divine power and grace wrought in the place of weakness failure and disappointment let us answer God's standing challenge call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not Who wrote that? A missionary by the name of Hudson Taylor. The story is told of a king who was in his throne room holding a council with his advisors, his noblemen and high ministers of state. Suddenly there was a bang and a clatter at the door of the throne room. All eyes turned as the door burst open and a young boy ran into the room. One of the king's royal guardsmen tried to stop the boy. Hold there, lad, he shouted. Don't you know you're disturbing the counsel of the king? He's your king, laughed the boy, but he's my daddy. And the boy bounced into the open arms of his father, the king. A child of the king always outranks any nobleman, advisor, minister, ambassador, or dignitary. This is the position that we have with God. That is the access we have to his throne room. We are his children, hallelujah, and we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may have time, help in the time of need. Stand with me.